Welcome to Raising Up Cops, the podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture. My name is Laura, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Madonna. Hello, everyone. Happy summer for those on this side of the world, and happy winter people on the other side of the world. Today, we wanted to talk about something uh, that's really on our hearts, that's been sort of <clears throat> like nagging at us, um, a thought that's been that I think is really core to this podcast, which is parenting advice overwhelm. What do you do when you've got so much advice that you're sort of talking yourself out of your own parenting all the time? Do you know what I'm talking about, Madonna? Yes, I totally do. Because I'm one of those people who follows all the parenting accounts on Instagram and on Facebook and all these other places. And I'm constantly just taking in information about, I mean, honestly, if I'm going to put it simply, I'm taking in information about how almost everything I'm doing is wrong and going to damage my children. And it can get really scary, to put it simply. How about you? Yeah, I feel like I spend so much of my, so much percentage of my day and brain power questioning what I just did. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's exactly how I feel. You know, I was just talking to someone the other day about how, like, this is a separate topic, but it's related how I wake up in the middle of the night, right? I have insomnia. I wake up in the middle of the night and then I spend a couple of hours beating myself up for waking up in the middle of the night and not getting a full eight hours. And so rather than just waking up, I wake up and I make myself feel awful about something I didn't even do. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of times with parenting, this is what happens in the moment. We make a split second decision to say something, do something or whatever. And then we spend forever making ourselves feel awful about it. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. And let me tell you that I'm naturally one of those people who tends to overthink things. So this is, you know, this is, a wormhole for me. Like, I mean, once I go down this, it's a, it's a big problem or rabbit hole, I should say. Um, and I struggle so much with second guessing and replaying and imagining worst case scenarios because of this thing that I did in a moment where I was myself, where I did what I felt was best. If I'm being totally honest, um, not always though. I mean, if, there are times when I make emotional decisions because of how I'm feeling. And also I'll react and I'll say something and whatever. Um, And I spend a lot of time thinking that they're focusing, my kids are focusing on that time that I yelled or that time that I said the thing or did the thing. Um, But I always go back and I apologize and I always go back and try to mend it. And I feel like that's okay, but I don't let it go in myself. I, I don't know if you have an easier time doing that, Laura, or not. Do you No, I hear what you're saying? So yes, you you'll do something and you're not just thinking about how are they upset now and how you can fix it. Now you're thinking, is this going to ruin our future relationship? Because Mm -hmm. I happen to take this decision right now. Like how, what are the reverberations of this decision? I feel like this happens in a lot of different situations, especially when I like lose it, you know, when I'm like at my, at my worst, And, you know, to bring it back, like it also, I keep reminding myself, like, these are, these are God's children and I'm just taking care of them. Like, is he okay with what I just did? Is he unhappy? Like, did I do it right? God, like, is this, is this okay? (laughs) Yes. And I can give like a small example. Last night, we ended up having to go to Costco quite late um, for 
whatever reason, we ended up having to go very late, basically around closing time. So it was past the kids' bedtime. Everybody was tired, whatever. But when we got home, the kids really wanted a bedtime before bed snack, which to be fair to them, they hadn't eaten since like two hours and they were still awake. Anyways, so I prepare a snack and whatever. And then I ask, um, like Isaiah asked me to get something for him, but at least to be helpful, went and did it instead. Well, Isaiah had a meltdown about it because he asked mommy to do it and he wanted mommy to be the one to do it. And this is a four-year-old at nine o'clock at night. So he is done, done. Now in my head and in all of the parenting advice that I've ever heard or received or followed is I need to stop, get down in his level at that moment and say, I understand that you're tired and you're feeling frustrated, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is I was also tired and I was frustrated and I was ready to get them into bed. And so my reaction knee jerk was, excuse me, Isaiah, at least it's something nice for you. The right thing to say is for you to say, sorry, try that again. And I was not happy about it. And I was not nice about it. What ended up happening? He started crying and at least was very upset because he wasn't being nice. And I was upset because now he was crying and she was upset and I was upset. The whole thing kind of snowballed and exploded and whatever. Now, I know that I did not react the right way in, in, in the big picture. I did not take my time. I did not respond with patience and kindness and meekness and all that stuff. But right as he was about to go into bed, I apologized and I said, hey, buddy, I'm so sorry that I, I yelled at you. Um, can you forgive me? And he was like, you were not being nice. And I said, I understand. I wasn't being nice and da, da, da. And then I told him, I was like, but, you know, I want you to know that when somebody does something nice to you, nice for you, even if it's not what you wanted, the first thing you should always say is thank you. And then you can explain yourself. In the end, he was like, I know, I understand da, da, da. he was fine. It ended up being okay. But let me tell you, I'm still thinking about it today. <laughs> That was yesterday, and I'm still thinking about it today. And the, I think that a lot of the advice that um, we get at, in parenting and about dealing with those kinds of situations wants you, or at least I feel like this, wants you to put your humanity on hold to deal with your kids. Do you feel like that? I love that you put it that way. Let me take it to something, uh, again, a side issue. So my sister and I teach together. And I always tell her, I don't feel like I'm the best teacher. Like when I give the lesson, I'm like, this is not the best lesson. And she told me that she learned over time that there's a difference between the best imaginary lesson mm -hmm. and the best real lesson. <laughs> uh. So there is, of course, this kind of amazing, incredible God level a uh, lesson that can be given that no one on the planet is giving right now. <laughs> and yes. then there's you, a real human being giving a real lesson in real time. With and real other people. <laughs> right. So we can all, we can take the sum of all of this parenting advice and put in our heads this expectation and picture of what a God-like parent is. Forgetting that we are 100% human and that this sort of like Platonian prototype, this perfect <laughs> parent does not exist anywhere on the planet. There is right. not a single person, not one. And so when we as parents are trying to do that, to achieve God level parenting, <laughs> when literally no one can do it, it can be very detrimental to us. And it can 
I don't know, like get in the way of understanding that we are, we are the right parents for our kids and we are doing our best and we are human, right? Especially, I think right now, a lot of people are experiencing probably heightened levels of, I, I, well, I guess it could go both ways, but heightened levels of, of interaction with their children because they're not at school right now, at least for us in the United States, most kids are on summer break. And so parents are not in their normal routine. Kids are not in their normal routine. They're not going to their usual places. And of course, you're going on vacation together and, and spending a lot of time at home together. So your, your operation level is already not at its, its best. It's not at optimum levels. And I think that a lot of us can probably take our interactions with our kids and make a lot of assumptions about ourselves as parents. We can say, we're not qualified, we're not worthy, we're not good, we're not this, we're not that. And I guess the message that I want to get across is we really need to trust ourselves more. Our parents, yes, there were things that they did that they were that were not ideal, that they were not great. Um, and for those of us who experienced a semi-normal childhood, obviously, I'm not talking about the extremes, you know, yeah, there are things we can think back and say, oh, our parents really messed up when they did this and they did that. But overall, we turned out all, all right. And one benefit that our parents had was they were not constantly um, inundated with multiple points of view and multiple types of parenting styles and multiple like um, people comparing their lives at all times. And this is how they do this. And this is how they live like this. I think that we're really at a disadvantage um, and we're at odds with our gut instinct because of everything that we hear we're supposed to be doing and how it goes against how we feel like we should be handling a certain situation. And then add to that the layer of mental health awareness. Yes. Because, you know, the current fundamentals of mental health are everything is a mommy issue or a daddy issue, right? <clears throat> like everything is semi-Freudian. And so if, you, if you're a parent trying to think ahead to what your kid is going to say to some therapist 30 years from now, mm -hmm. right? It's too much. It just it's just too much. It really is. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen on like parenting threads, people asking, should I do this? Should I not do that? And people will be like, listen, as long as you're taking care of your kid and as long as you're feeding them and not causing them to, to have to see a therapist in 30 years, you're fine. And I'm like, pause. No, I'm sorry. I can't guarantee that. I can't like I I mean, I'd like to think I'm taking good care of my kids, but I can't guarantee if this is going to end them up in therapy or not. But you know what? If I make them feel good enough that they are able to seek help without it being a problem for them. OK, like that, that's a win for me. That's already a step ahead of where we were. Yes. And if I can tie them to God who can give them yes. perfect parenting, <laughs> yes. that's good enough. Like that's it. Like everything else can go. <laughs> Your takeaway from my parenthood for you is that you love God and that mommy and daddy are not perfect. That's fine. Like, yeah. And I want to say that we we often look at moments and we don't look at the big picture. And I know that for kids moments stand out and, but we can't think that way. So for example, uh, last week uh, we went to summer camp at our church and my son was misbehaving. He was not listening to teachers doing what the teachers asked and so on. And so that evening in the moment we had a conversation when we were both way too exhausted to have any mm -hmm. kind of conversation. And so 
the thing is that I didn't let that moment be the end of the conversation. The next day, we strategized together how we were going to make Friday better and how we were going to make like last night, what, the next Wednesday better. You know, how, what can we do to front load so that things are easier? So for example, for him, it really benefited him to know what the schedule was. He, I printed him just like I print for the servants. I printed for him his own schedule. So he knew exactly where he was supposed to be when, so he could anticipate the breaks because otherwise mm -hmm. it looks like all we're doing is learning and there's no fun. But if you look at the actual complete, you know, evening sure. plan, you can see, okay, I'm going to get food at this time. And I'm going to get time on the playground at this time. Like having that completely changed his behavior. And that's something that took a couple of days of brainstorming and talking to each other. And it, it wasn't just that one me yelling at night, right before bed. You know? Seems like that's when things tend to go wrong. Yes, apparently that's the <laughs> pattern. But if you, if we, if we keep talking, if the conversation continues, and I, I remember reading somewhere that that is actually the fundamentals of healthy relationships. It's something called rupture and repair. You have mm. conflict and then you fix it. And literally, if you know how to have conflict and fix it, then you're going to be okay in life. But if you don't know how to have conflict and fix it, if you have conflict and you don't, you don't fix it, you know, if you have conflict and you let it simmer, then that's where dysfunction starts to happen. Well, I can also appreciate that a lot of us probably um, spend time trying to figure out how to have our children avoid conflict and avoid discomfort in our home. And because you want to be the safe space, you want to be the place where they can be themselves and it not like cause them harm and, and all that stuff. But honestly, I wonder if that would be doing them a disservice by not letting them experience, like you're saying, the conflict, but then you have to take it the one step further to the repair. And I, I really like that you said that, Laura. And you know, my um, my brother was just texting me the other day. His daughter just turned one a couple of months ago and she was doing something like a baby would do. She was opening and closing a cabinet and slamming it repeatedly. And they tried all the things that they normally would try. They tried to redirect and they tried to distract and they said no and they walked her away and all that stuff. But she repeatedly kept going back. And my brother was just like, you know what? I'm going to put her in timeout. He took her, he put her in her crib and he said, I counted 10 Mississippi and left her in the crib. And then I went and got her. And I, when he told me this, I was like, what? She's only one. She doesn't know what timeout is. And what are you doing? And, da, da, da. and I like launched in this whole thing. And he's like, excuse me, let's note for a second. First, that it worked. Okay. Second of all, she, she didn't go near that cabinet again. And as a matter of fact, she wanted to come and sit on my lap and, and snuggle. And like, we, we had a good time after that. And so, yes, I know that the parenting advice is you don't put a one-year-old in timeout. They don't know what that means. They don't know what it is. I get that. But in that moment, they had already gone through all the things and they trusted themselves and they did, they tried something and it ended up working. And it's not like then they left her and punished her and yelled at her and said, you know, you need to stay in your room. No, life continued as normal. They snuggled, they talked, whatever. And I think that that's fine. Sometimes things aren't going to fit in a box the way that you discipline, the way that your day looks, the way that you talk, your conversation is not always going to be pretty packaged with a bow. It's just because we're human. It's not going to work like that. And I think that the key here and the thing that we talk about a lot is knowing your child, like having mm. a relationship with your child trumps any parenting book, trumps any kind of um, 
advice you might get from the outside. You're the one who's there. You're the one who's seeing what's going on. You know, and again, we're talking in the realm of normal behavior on everybody's side. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, you need to trust yourself to, to it, it, it is all about trial and error. Like the, the best part of that story is we tried everything. We tried everything mm -hmm. calmly. We went through all the steps. This is like, we cannot break the TV. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right this cabinet cannot or, or we cannot have the cabinet fall i mean this is a safety issue slash financial issue whatever yes right? and then and then we tried everything and we're trying and it's trial and error with love and and to what end to the end of raising a child because that's not our, that's our job <laughs> right like <laughs> our job is to raise this child and that's kind of the conversation we had about my son i told I asked his sister i was like um like is this is it okay? Like, is what I said okay? Was I well, over? And she was like, mom, he has to learn. Like, <laughs> yeah. he has to, who's going to teach him? If we don't teach them, who's going to teach them, right? And so I think we have to give ourselves more credit for that. And I think that there are times when our kids experience a moment with us that's less than desirable. And uh, most of the time they've forgotten about it and they've moved on and they are living their best kid life and we're still beating ourselves up about it. And then there are times when we've moved on and they're still not feeling good about it. So really the key here is, like you said, Laura, is to know your child and also to be in constant communication because as long as your kids feel safe enough to tell you like, mom, what you said really upset me or dad, what you did really hurt my feelings. And they, and they, are, they feel like they can tell you that then it's, I don't see it's a problem that you have moments when you hurt your with hurt their feelings or they hurt your feelings or things don't go well. I think it's fine. And um, I, I tend to be one of those people who gets information overload really easily. I go back and I, I don't just receive information and then I, you know, try to use it from here on out. I receive information and then I also go back and replay everything that ever happened and how I didn't do it right before and how I messed up. And now I've already done too much damage and it's too late and a whole bunch of other stuff. And that is just wrong. It is wrong. And I really feel like that is the devil at play trying to make a chasm where there isn't one and trying to, you know, cause you to stray further from being able to create a good relationship with your child and you really are doing, you're doing fine. And I guess that's our overall message to everyone is just, you're doing fine. You know, as long as, again, you're in the realm of normal and not, you know, um, assuming we're not dealing with any abusive issues or things like that. You were given the children that you were given for a specific purpose. And that is, you are the best parent to that child and they're the best child for you. You'll find that sometimes they are teaching you how to be because you haven't learned certain skills and that's that was meant that way I think right a hundred percent yes there there are mirror and that's like a whole nother episode how much yes. we learn about our own weaknesses from our kids but yes. yes like Madonna was saying I think the point of this episode is to tell you to trust yourself and when and again I love that you said this when the devil comes and tells you in the moment that you're doing something wrong and takes you out of the present moment where you could be there actually loving and paying attention to your child and instead is dragging you through the guilt trips right mm -hmm. um you just like notice that notice that actually where you're supposed to be is with your child and not thinking about yourself and how awful you are like it's just not going to help so 
that's that is a kind of spiritual warfare that we have to be alert to for sure absolutely and i and i like what you said laura about you know looking at the big picture overall you are working to do the best you can for your children to provide them emotionally and physically and mentally with whatever and spiritually of course with all the things that they need and that's a huge burden and so don't underestimate the power of prayer in helping you with that. Don't underestimate the power of community, but don't underestimate the power of yourself and your instinct and that God gave you a brain and these kids for a reason. And you can do this and we can all do this. So we really just want to encourage you that you're not as bad as you may make yourself think. You're not as out of touch and clueless as all these parenting accounts want to make you think. You are capable and you have got this. So we encourage you to make the most of the summer, make the most of whatever time period it is in your life that you're listening to this and you can do this. With that being said, thank you all so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cops. You can find us at raisingupcops.com or reach us by emailing us at raisingupcops at gmail.com. We'll talk to you next time. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collective experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.